Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of the way, before God's works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no mountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet God had not made the earth or the fields or the first dust of the world. When the Lord prepared the heavens, I was there. When a circle on the face of the deep was drawn, when the clouds above were established, when the fountains of the deep were strengthened, when the decree to the sea was given that the waters should not pass their boundaries, when God appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by the Lord as one brought up with God, and I was daily the Lord's delight, rejoicing always rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with humanity. This device, my smartphone, has radically impacted my life. There are so many different things that I use it for. I use it primarily for communication, phone, texting, emails, I also use it as a way to stay connected with other people. For example, social media is a great way for me to stay in touch with my family, my friends. I use it a lot for work. But the main purpose, the main value that I have found in this device is the access to knowledge that it has given me. There's so much information that now I have access to. I used to go on vacation and I would have to take a pile of books with me. And I knew I wasn't reading them all, but there's something about there that if, about it that if I got bored with one, I could read another one. Uh, doing research for sermons and other work, uh, used to have to carry a bunch of stuff. Now it's all literally at my fingertips that I can use it. So it's, it's changed everything. I now have this information, this knowledge far easier to access than I ever have before. So I have to ask myself, is having this much knowledge and this much information available, is it making a difference? Is it enhancing the quality of my life? Am I finding myself more at peace with more of a sense of of meaning and fulfillment in life, Uh, less anxiety, Is that what this has provided me? And then I have to ask about those that are around me in the society at large. Has it had a positive impact? Are we better people today because we have more access to information than we did before? In some ways, the answer is definitively yes. But in many ways, the answer is no. Because just because we have more information, more knowledge... It doesn't mean that we have the answers. It doesn't mean that it's going to make a difference in how we live our lives. 
Think about, for example, how much more we now know about our planet, how what we know now about climate. There's things that we can predict. There's ways that we are able to follow patterns that we didn't have before. And yet with this information, this knowledge that we are making a difference in our world, in our climate, that there is global warming taking place. With that information, science is showing us, readily available to us. Why is it that some of us still deny it? Why is it that some of us who believe it are also disregarding it? And it's not making any major changes in how we live our lives. Think about our human bodies. We know so much more about what makes us function the way we do. Think about medical procedures. There were surgeries in the past, procedures that were done that you might have ended up in the hospital for three, four, or five days. Now they're outpatient. The treatments that now we can do, the medicines that we offer people, the prolonging of life, the vaccines that are now available, developed in, a, in less than a year. When you think about all that, and it shows us that we are all made up of the same stuff, why is it that we continue to have issues around equality of life as human beings? Why is it that we continue to treat women differently than we do men? Why is it that we continue, despite what science tells us, to see gender as primarily binary? This was seen recently in discussions around the identity of individuals when it comes to the transsexual community. More and more states are trying to enact laws to limit the access of families to, for their children when it comes to transgender medicine and helping them through this process of discerning the gender for themselves. We aren't necessarily better off because we have more knowledge. Why? Because there tends to be this disconnect that exists between what we know and how we end up living our lives. That's where Lady Wisdom comes in. Lady Wisdom is an amazing individual in the Old Testament. When you stop and think about her and wisdom in general, it's, it's hard to get our hands around it, hard to, to define it. It's not the same as intelligence. Intelligence is just pure knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to take that knowledge and internalize it, to make it make a difference in how we live our lives, how we think, how we react, the choices we make, our ethics, our morals, our principles. All of those can be informed by wisdom. And again, there's a difference between those two. The ancients understood this. The ancients believed in wisdom, but they also understood the difficulty of trying to communicate that with those around them. So these wise ones, especially the writers of Proverbs, they chose to use a metaphor for wisdom, and they chose a woman. 
They could have used a man, but they chose a woman, which is fascinating. One of the reasons is, is that when these books were written, it was after the period of the exile, and it appears that there were, during this post-exilic time, there was a short period of time where there was a great deal of influence by women. No longer was there a temple. No longer was there a monarchy. Everything was primarily geared around the family. That was the most important aspect. And mothers played a significant role. And so wisdom and women were brought together. And I think the wise, wise ones saw this and they said, ah, and they incorporated it into how they spoke about wisdom. And so Proverbs chapter 1 through 9, it's purely about wisdom as a woman, what I would call lady wisdom. In chapter 8 of Proverbs, it talks about lady wisdom being present with Yahweh. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 8.22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of the way, before God's works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was even an earth. So the imagery you have here is that lady wisdom is something that belongs to God, something that is possessed by God. She existed before the world took place. It came into being. And because she has this knowledge, this understanding, she offers that to human beings. Further on in verse 32 and 33, we hear, Now therefore, my children, listen to me. For blessed are they who keep my ways, who heed my instructions, and end up being wise. Do not neglect what I have to offer you. Blessed is the one who listens to me, waiting daily at the gates, waiting at my doorsteps. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Can you imagine when these guys wrote this stuff down, how they use this language, this metaphor, this personification, taking an idea like wisdom and putting flesh on it, making it come alive, knowing that their hearers of their words and the readers of their words would be able to use their imagination to imagine Lady Wisdom out there in the streets calling to them, being willing to share this insight with them. As I read chapter 8 of Proverbs, I walked away with three insights. Three insights about lady wisdom and the difference that she can make in my life and hopefully your life. Number one, I realized that not everyone wants wisdom. Wisdom and possessing wisdom, achieving wisdom, is something that takes time and it requires change. In Proverbs 8.36 it says, But the one who sins against me, the one who doesn't listen to me, injures themselves. All those who hate me love death. 
the writers understood back then, just like we do today, that not everyone wants to take this new knowledge that we have and internalize it because it means a change. It means a shift. We are so good at having preconceived ideas, ideas that were passed down onto us, ideas that we keep in our brain, stories that we tell ourselves and that we pass on to others about the way life is. And then when someone comes along and offers us new information, new knowledge, it creates discomfort for us. So we create this disconnect. And somehow our brain has the ability to dismiss it, to not listen to it, and leave the way things are. Because that's where we find security. That's where we find this sense of comfort. Wisdom is something that demands of us that we pay attention to this knowledge and allow it to seep inside of us and alter the way that we look about life, the way that we look at things, the way that we act, the way we speak, our choices. But that means change. And not all of us want that. So that's the first insight I walked away with, that not everyone wants to be wise. That's why in chapter 1 of Proverbs, it speaks about the fools who ignore wisdom. The second insight I gained from reading Proverbs chapter 8 is that we must remember this is a metaphor. We're not supposed to take it literally. Wisdom isn't something that you can download into your brain. Now, there are sages, there are wise individuals who give us insight, who can share with us their wisdom. But it's not like knowledge. It's not something you just receive into your brain and then all of a sudden, then you're done. It's something that you have to internalize for yourself. I used to, when I would read Proverbs in the past, think about that, somehow God would give me wisdom. I didn't understand how it would work if God somehow got in my brain, my synapses, and redid things. But more and more, I realize that wisdom is not something that comes outside of us. And if it does, it first has to be internalized by us because then it becomes ours. And that leads to the third insight. And that insight is that in Proverbs chapter 8, Lady Wisdom points us into the direction that we should be looking for wisdom. That's why, in my opinion, Proverbs chapter 8 has Lady Wisdom involved with God in the creation of our world. It's to help us realize that when we look for wisdom, it's in nature. It's in life itself. And therefore, if we are going to become wise, we must become aware. We must become attuned to what is going first and foremost on in our lives. We got to slow down. Remember this device? This device demands my time. This device continues to beckon me through its beeps, but just being there, my mind wants to shift to it. 
And so my mind wants to be external rather than looking inside to stop and think about what am I feeling right now? As I read something, instead of just engaging the knowledge, do I stop and really ponder what difference this could make in my life? How I'm feeling as I read these words. But again, that takes time. That makes us slow down and to truly be present in this moment. But we prefer, perhaps, the distractions. Because at times, when we look inside at how we react to different things, it's easy to externalize everything, blame other people. Did you see so what so-and-so did to me? Rather than stopping and thinking, why, why am I reacting the way I am? Why am I being triggered by this? That's wisdom. That internalizing, that's wisdom. But it not only happens when we look inside ourselves, it looks when we look around us, those that surround us, nature, life itself. We learn to be observers, to be watchers, to see why people do the way things they do, to study them, reflect on that, if we have the opportunity to be out in nature itself and to watch the different things that take place. We are so fortunate today that you literally don't have to travel. That's the ideal. But you, if you can't get there, there's videos out there that allow you to see these things. But again, what wisdom does, how it functions, is it's when we take that knowledge, that awareness and we allow it to change us. We allow it to work inside of us. That's when we find the power of wisdom because we become different people. Our values change. Our attitude. The way that we look at life. All of that shifts. But again, this is not easy work. Because there are things that will continue to pull us away from being aware. An author that I enjoy reading right now, his name is Harari, and he says the following, Humans have bodies. During the last century, technology has been distancing us from our bodies we have been losing our ability to pay attention to what we smell, what we taste. Instead, we are absorbed in our smartphones and computers. We are more interested in what is happening in cyberspace than what is happening just right down the street. So can we adopt a new model, he asks, a model that encourages people to go online only when it is really necessary and to devote more attention to their physical environment and to their own bodies and senses. However God is understood, whatever role God played in us being who we are today, 
the one thing I think the ancients understand and that we also should pay attention to is that wisdom, the ability to become different people, to enhance the quality of our lives, is there. We just have to be aware of it. We have to be attuned to it. And perhaps in the experience itself of becoming wiser, perhaps that experience is where we encounter God, even when we may not be aware of it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.